When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, San Diego Comic-Con, the final day, day four, Sunday. Um, we're here at the Geekscape booth, and things seem pretty normal. We're waking up here, and uh, our friends at Atomic Toy Box next door. You can hear the dulcet tones of Songbird Ocarina next door. And uh, we're ready for a pretty good final day, Matt. Uh, did you have a good day yesterday? Yeah, it was a fun day. Uh, you were gone more than normal yesterday with panel stuff and, and everything. Uh, so I got to take on a different personality. I'm realizing that us on the mics are very different. You're very, when we're playing the dance music, you're very high energy, like, hey, everybody, let's Getting us in trouble. Yeah. Versus I kind of take the, like, AM radio DJ thing. I'm just like, hey, everybody, we're here at the Geekscape booth with a couple podcasts and panels. Well, look who's in front of us. Carl's back, and he spared no expense. It's incredible. He's dressed like John Hammond from Jurassic Park. It's pretty good cosplay. Geekscape is as we talk to you here on the floor and record these for our podcast. We have podcasters coming up. Carl, if you don't mind talking to us on the microphone, where are you in from? I came all the way down from the mean streets of South Orange County, California. Well, listen, Carl, we have 40 podcasts, over 40 podcasts on the network, so when you drive back to the very far stretch of southern Orange County, which is just on the other side probably of the San Diego County line, listen to one of our podcasts. I took the train because I'm not going to get stuck in traffic and arrive here in a murderous rage, and, you know, it just kills the whole, the, the whole vibe of Comic-Con. So on the train, you can sit there, you can hit the bar car, have a beer, have wine, you know, it's beautiful. Carl has the best, uh, I think it's a pretty pretty well-known fact at Comic-Con that the train is the way to go. Uh, I miss taking the train. I haven't taken a train since I've been an exhibitor because we take everything here uh, and build it. But the train really is the best way to go. And you only have to come from what, like San Clemente, South Orange County. It's pretty awesome. Irvine. I get on at the Irvine station, plop down in a seat and... Two hours later, I'm in San Diego, and then get on the trolley and get off at the convention center stop. And, uh, you know, yesterday I realized it really was Comic-Con when the religious protesters were out there with the interview with a vampire uh, rap on the building behind them. So, you know, that was a, kind of an ironic uh, twist of fate there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, well, as different as this uh, Comic-Con has been because of the WGA and SAG strike, there are still people out here walking around with signs. and that the, I mean, they're here every year, folks, the uh, religious protesters. Uh, but so are, the pot, uh, so are, the, um, sorry, so are the, the cosplayers. You're cosplaying. we got cosplayers walking around. What is the most impressive cosplay, uh, Carl, that you've seen on the floor? There were two women who were volunteers up by the area where you go to get your lanyards and such. They're both dressed as minions. <laughs> you know, I think next year you got to dress as Gru and try and find them, and then you can order them around. I too much. I have too much hair for that. I still actually have hair, so thank you, Mom, for that. And so no, no Gru. Carl, how long have you been coming to Comic Con? 
since 99. And have you seen it change over the years? Do ducks quack? Yes. Um, you know, back way back then, Hall H wasn't the thing. Um, you could literally drive down on a Saturday, not pay a lot for parking, come buy a ticket here at the convention center and be on the floor when the doors opened. That is incredible because there is a line to get in with badges already purchased. You're still going to take about 50 to 30 minutes just getting from uh, outside the convention center down the, the block into the doors once they open. There is a secret. If you wait in the shade like across the street till about 9.35, then you can just walk in the front doors. <laughs> That's amazing. I also discovered the back entrance from the marina which is pretty cool. I went to lunch yesterday, and on my way back, I was like, now i got to walk all the way around the convention center? No, they have an entrance at the steps of the marina. Longtime Geekscapists will remember that entrance as just below where we did the 2007 episode of Geekscape here at Comic-Con. And uh, I walked right past where we filmed it, had a little bit of nostalgia, and then came back to the booth. Uh, Carl, well, dude, enjoy the rest of your weekend, this final day. Anything you want to see? Yes, but I'm not allowed to say on the radio or on a podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you find it. Uh, maybe, but yeah. It involves Christina Hendricks and vanilla pudding. That's all I'll say. <laughs> With that, Geeks gave us. Uh, thank you, Carl. Uh, I think that kind of sets us off for the final day. Uh, we, let's hope Carl doesn't get arrested. Uh, as he walks around the floor dressed as John Hammond. Uh, I bet if he does find those two things, uh, it might come down to sparing no expense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I am. Re I, I hate saying this, but I say it every year. I am ready for it to be over, though. But I'm also very ready for it to be next year. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That That's very, very true. Well, Geeks gave us. It's not over quite yet. We got a few more of these little uh, interviews or conversations at the booth trying to bring you the experience of San Diego Comic-Con, so hang with us. There's a bit more to come. All right, San Diego Comic-Con 2023. We're here with a man who's a veteran of these walkways and hallways. Mr. Matt Kelly. I'm kidding. Jay Washington. Jay Washington, you uh, came down. I heard you came looking for me at the Geekscape booth a couple days ago. I did, unfortunately. It's okay. It's okay. Unfortunately, you don't have to come looking for well, me. Because no, I was afraid you were going to be in your Speedos. <laughs> That's not me. That's the reaction man. He's on, a, he's on deployment. It's another dude. Okay. I was afraid he was going to be here. Yeah. And uh, I was like, please just don't tell him I showed up. What's your fear of authority, Jay Washington? Uh, I don't I'm know. kidding. That was that, there's a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. You want the Super Action Man T-shirt we have here? World tour. Yeah, turn it around. Look at all those terrorist hotspots. <laughs> Jay Washington, if we've got the size for you, we may have. You may be. You may be gifted a uh, Super Action Man shirt before you leave here because uh, I think you earned it. I think I've earned it. 
I've I put in my time. I paid my dues. I've done those things. <laughs> so, Jay, uh, we've been here at the booth. You've been walking. How many days have you been here? I've been here since Friday. And what have you experienced? What have you been seeing that you're like, okay, this is an off year because of the SAG WJ strike, but that's cool, or that's still the same, and that's exciting? I think the strike is like a real big thing because I'm normally working. I'm normally doing interviews and all this other stuff, and now I finally just walk the floor. And I'm like, oh, people are here actually buying stuff this year and actually, you know, supporting the vendors that aren't the big names and things like that. So it's been cool. How are you? Oh, my God. It has been a great – it has been – Jay's distracted by uh, people coming by the yes, booth saying hi. I'm very distracted. Jay, please, this is a geek podcast. This I is for families. This is for families, too. Yes, I know it is. I am a very big geek. You see me here in a Thanos shirt. Uh, but, no, it's, it's – it's, like I said, it's been different with everybody. You know, like, it's a different feel in general. Like, there's no, man, I got to get to Hall H. I got to get to Hall. There's none of that. So, it's weird. But it's, it's, it's cool to see it this way. It's, it's actually way more chill. Way more chill. So I've enjoyed it a lot. I've enjoyed just being able to see people and chill a little bit, scale it back a little bit, not feel like I'm in too much of a rat race. And, like you said, people are discovering stuff. Uh, slowly but surely, people are discovering us here at the booth. And... Uh, Checking out what Geekscape's about. We got so many freaking shows now because Matt Kelly will add nonstop shows to the network. Uh, and I, lo- I love doing it. I love supporting the geeks. And I love having a little family that we built. As you should. I mean, look, this this geek nerd community is a real thing. You know, it is it is a family, especially when you get to know certain people. Like, I've gotten to know you and a lot of other people, Matt, as well. And it, it's great because we all have a love of different things all under the same umbrella. And we all can talk about it and nerd out about it and don't look weird at one another nerding out about stuff. All right. You got a few hours left. Uh, what are, like, the checklist items that you want to experience or find before you head back to Los Angeles? I want to pick up about 30 Funko Pops that I have no room for in my apartment. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm always, because here's the thing, I love Funko Pops. And so I try not to get so many, but I end up going on a little three for 40 deals and stuff like that. The next thing I know, I got bags worth. And so I'm just trying to find that. I'm trying to find me a nice Deathstroke and a nice Thanos, just two of those, and then maybe even a good Transformer that don't cost me $700, and I'm good, and I'm good. All right. Jay, we wish you the best of luck in hunting those down. If you need Super Action Man's help, he, uh, he can come back, help you out, maybe follow you. See yes, how you're doing? He, he can, can uh, clear me. the path for you. He can definitely follow me on social media. Oh, look at always the consummate, the consummate promoter, Mr. Jay Washington. Where can people follow you on social media? Exactly where you just said, Mr. Jay Washington, M-R-J-A-Y. Y'all should know how to spell Washington on TikTok, Instagram, threads, and the hellscape that is Twitter. <laughs> the best thing about this is a few years ago, I was meeting with another Geekscapist, Alex. We were doing a little animation for... Super Action Man, and Jay was in a nearby workshop with some beautiful actresses, and he came into where we were meeting, and I see, I kind of clocked Jay walk in, because you got to clock, he's loud, and there also there were some beautiful women, and the, he sits down, and he is holding court with these stunners, and I think they're just taking a lunch break uh, from, their, from their, whatever workshop they were in, and I kind of like sneak up behind Jay, and I go... Excuse me, are you Mr. J. Washington? And be, before he sees me, he hears me before he sees me, and he goes, 
Why, yes, I am. And he turns and he sees that it's me and he goes, you son of a... <laughs> I was feeling about myself for a second. I was really, I was like, oh, yes, it is I. And then I realized it's Jonathan. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's you. <laughs> Get away from me before you blow this for me, London. You're going to blow this for me, London. I bet you were happy I closed it. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. All right, Jay, we love you, man. I'm not done harassing you in our lifetime together. Of course you won't. And I, and I, loved, and I love it happening. That's why you're one of my brothers and one of my great friends. I love you. Thank you, man. That actually means a ton to me. Mr. Jay Washington, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the day, baby. I will, man. I got to do another show later tonight. It's back at the uh, Laugh Factory. Okay. He's going to be back at the Laugh Factory tonight. Back in L.A.? No, tonight. Here in San Diego? Oh, fantastic. You are the busiest man in showbiz. I try to now. I just need my bank account to reflect that. (laughs) Your lips are God's ears, my friend. Whatever God you worship. All of them will make my bank account bigger. San Diego Comic-Con 2023, we've got a famous screenwriter here. We've known what you've written because you did Netflix's Lost in Space and, let's just say it, Morbius. Yeah. And The Last Witch Hunter. Burke Sharpless, everybody. <laughs> Who enjoyed the most recent Power Rangers movie, 2016? There are a couple of hands up. Burke and his co-writer, Matt Sazamo, also wrote on that one. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, Burke, how's Comic-Con been? You've been here for a few days. How is it? You've been chilling with me, so I kind of know the answer from your end. I kind of know what you've been up to, but why don't you tell the Geekscapists and everybody at San Diego Comic-Con? Oh, it's been great. You know, it's funny. There, There's more people shopping, I think, because there's less uh, uh, things to watch in the different rooms. Hall H's was empty for the most part so because of the strikes. So it's like there's a lot of people competing to buy comics with me. Now, talk about that, because you are somebody who absolutely collects a lot of mid-'70s era marvel are you a dc person at all or is it marvel no i like i bought them i bought them as a kid and uh i was into like jack kirby and like that sort of crazy period where he did commandy and the new gods and the forever people who were like sort of like cosmic hippies and uh i've actually considered starting collecting that stuff and that's kind of like a fascinating era because the story is that Kirby was finally a bit fed up by the treatment that he was getting over at Marvel, and Carmen Infantino gave the gave him that opportunity to be like, "Hey, move to California, start working for DC," and he brought a lot of the characters that he kept in the in like his drawer back over to DC, and those were like Dark Side and all these different characters, and uh, it's kind of fascinating because that was happening as well on the DC to Marvel side with the X Men. Because, like, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler were going to be uh, probably Legion of Superheroes characters until that switch happened. And you had Giant Size X-Men number one. And uh, you ended up with those characters in that book because that creator didn't get his artwork back from Carmen Infantino at DC. So it's like whenever there's a beef or somebody's not feeling, like, appreciated, they just go to the distinguished competition. I love that how much history you know. You know, I actually kind of may have read some of that stuff once, and uh, I didn't know all that. That's cool. Yeah, it was because artwork was not returned that was, like, asked for. Like, hey, can I just get that page? And Carmen Infantino wouldn't do it. So, I mean, who created, uh, I'm blanking right now, but who created some of those X-Men? Who wrote that first X-Men uh, Giant Size Annual? Not, it was before Byrne, John Byrne. Ween Len Wien gets credit for Wolverine. For, okay. Obviously, Claremont gets the credit, so he must have come up with those characters. But John Byrne came on, like, right after those first Burns couple. 15, uh, 20 years Right. In. So wait, 
Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Storm Those were going to be Legion of Superhero characters, and they got brought over in the same way that Jack Kirby's characters, like Darkseid and that whole stuff, was going to be introduced like Inhumans. But the Inhumans is the last stuff that, Cur- that, that Kirby did for Marvel because supposedly they didn't like the way Jim Steranko was getting all the credit and getting all the red carpet treatment. And Jack Kirby is the guy who helped build the entire Marvel universe and may be like, the majority responsible for it. Dave Cockrum. Well, I knew the artist. Yeah. I would have been able to the name I was looking for was Dave Cockrum, who left X-Men because he got a staff position at Marvel to do covers and layouts and finishing. And he couldn't stay on X-Men. But Dave Cockrum was on Legion of Superheroes at DC, asked for a piece of artwork from one of his pages, from one of his books, asked for a piece of artwork. Infantino wouldn't give it to him. He said, I'm going over to Marvel. So did Len Wein, is he the creator of those key characters like Colossus and Nightcrawler? Well, Dave Cockrum is. Dave Cockrum was no, going to use those in Legion of Superheroes, no, including be, Storm. But here's the thing. He, but you have to sign a contract when you go to Marvel and give them Dave over. Cockrum actually created their superpowers and their backstories. That doesn't seem... And that's usually not how it worked. It, it was for some artists... This is a good... By the way, there's, I'm, there's like research to do in here. I <laughs> you love this era, though, don't you? Yeah, I do. This is, this is your favorite era, is the, is the mid-70s X-Men going into the 80s, that whole era of Marvel. And, and you, we're making movies out of these things. We have been. Yeah, I think what happens is, is that, that wherever this sort of the median ticket-buying audience hits, which is they make a lot of money like young people are hard to get into theaters uh and so because they play video games and then at a certain point once you're like 33 to 43 and you're either men or women you're like the best people to get into theaters like that's all and that that those people keep getting older and stop playing video games and start going to theaters because theater is date night and so it's not like theaters just end. it's just that they start to be interested in people who are that age which is exactly why the mario movie made i think like 900 million dollars a movie that would not have made that uh 10 years ago 10 years ago, you had some of these Marvel characters making $900 million because that was the median age. So if you want to know what the biggest movie will be in a decade, you sort of have to sort of like sniff around what's the pop culture for a 36-year-old in 10 years. Yeah, what was, well, what was cool 10 years from now? Yeah. Well, 10 years ago now. So the stuff that was 10 years ago now, when, when you're watching that Minecraft like movie... Yeah, but when you're watching that Minecraft movie... In 10 years, and you're like, up, oh, Geekscape predicted it. Just remember, Burke Sharpless predicted it. But that Minecraft movie in 10 years is going to be incredible. And then the Fortnite movie that comes out 20 years after that gonna is going to be huge. Biggest movie of all time. Yeah, biggest movie of all time. And then there are evergreen brands like Barbie and Lego, and where everybody has a relationship to them. And if you can make a movie that gives people a nice feeling and is creative. We, we missed Barbenheimer because we were, like, working. But did you see what Barbie did this weekend? Barbie did like it, they they got like mid hundred million like one hundred seventy million while Bar- like Oppenheimer did seventy million. All I can say is thank fucking God, because I try to get hired to write movies for a living, and if people stop going to the movies and I have to like do something else, <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> well, let's talk because you, you've been at Comic Con during a strike. It's been like less kind of people racing for the big names and they're, they're like you said they're buying a bunch of stuff what have you been doing at comic-con what have you bought what have you been checked out i'm sorry you missed out on a couple classic comics but hey them's the shakes more there's more competition on the floor right now 
<laughs> well, I mean, I got to see you. I got to hang out with you. We got to do a fun panel uh, where we talked about adaptation. I think uh, mostly I just like to like look at sort of what has crowds around it. Like one of my favorite things about Comic-Con is if you see a bunch of people waiting in line for something. That's like my favorite thing, actually, is like, why are they waiting in line? And inevitably, I have no idea what they're waiting in line for. And then I go over and I just ask some questions. And that's that's like a really fun way to like understand how pop culture evolves. I mean, there's always somebody who wants to like be near a Star Wars booth. But there's other things I'm like, I don't even know what this is. We went for a walk the other night and the Funko event had just happened right behind the convention center. And they been working on it for the last couple of years. They finally opened the thing. It's a giant arena. They had a massive Funko fan appreciation, like summer camp themed event. And there were Funko fans completely lined up behind the convention center, going through their bags, seeing the things that were received at the event. And like big names were performing there. Funko really ra- like rolled out or took out the checkbook and paid for that thing. It was massive. Um, would you ever get in line for something like that though? I would totally go to that. I feel like I, I'm often dropping the ball, and there's like something fun that I could have done, that I only find out after the fact. All right, Bert, I won't keep you. You got more comics to hunt, or you got to get back to LA. But we're going to catch up in Los Angeles soon. Can you tell the Geekscapists what you're working on next? No, you cannot. <laughs> there's no. a strike going on. I'm working on my on on my yard. <laughs> <laughs> st- Mornings are are picket lines, and afternoons are. Thinking that I'm going to work on the yard and then not. <laughs> I should clean the pool. No, I'm not going to do that no, either. I, yeah, it's it's funny. Like it's it, being on strike turns out to be intense, and and uh, solidarity is a job, and it's mental commitment to just sort of be there and feel all the emotions. It's funny how it's not like a thing. You just sort of you think you're just going to not have it be a big part of your life, and then suddenly being involved in it and talking to people and and uh, reading about it all the time and thinking about it it becomes like a chapter it's funny after it's over it'll be like the this this wga strike will be like a chapter of my entire career well you'll be able to actually see it mirrored in your checkbook sadly is like being like oh that was a pretty that was a year that i got pretty financially dented or had to take a pause on some of the plans we'd made based on finances and I think we feel that during the strike years for sure and Comic Con is no different 2023 is going to be the strike affected year where Hall H was empty where people were actually on the floor buying stuff Burke was having competition for his classic comic collections and if this is kind of its own specific year when we look back in 24 25 this is going to be something that we talk about as this specific year but in uh, say three or four years Writers are going to have 30-40% more money, uh, television writers for the most part, because the, it's pretty much, because of SAG support, the studios have already quietly realized they're going to have to make some changes. It's going to be perceived of probably, you know, knock on wood, as, as a effectual strike. You can already sense it, the shift, and so, you know, you go through the trauma and then suddenly you know five years later you're getting residuals for a show and it changes your life for the better and so you know you go through it and you come out the other side and things are better well geekscapers i hope that san diego comic-con learns that as well and keeps focusing on comics and learns that the floor is really where the fans are sure they're in hall h but that's from that's the studios that's the corporate stuff yep. but the real fans are i mean a lot all the fans are here on the floor everybody goes to the floor 
and they are in discovery mode. And when you were a geek growing up, there was that one thing that you discovered that turned you into a fan, and it's great to see that going on around us. And I hope that Comic-Con takes a note out of this year, the studio list year, and uh, gives us more uh, ability to to be discovered by the fans going around. All right, Burke, I'm going to let you go back to L.A. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. When the strike ends, Burke will be back to talk about the, the projects he can't talk about now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also, Geeks gave us the panel that I did with Burke, his co-writer, Matt Sazama, who you heard in an earlier episode this week. Uh, and uh, a few more screenwriters that we had here is going to be up on the feed, so stay subscribed and stay tuned for that. I'm going to put it up on the feed. It was a really great panel, and uh, I loved hearing you, Matt, Chris Black, Stephanie say, K. Smith. Did we say, like, how, now that we're being recorded again, it, that it was Len Wein? It was Dave Cockrum. No, I Dave know it was Dave Cockrum. I know he was the no, artist, but he brought he those character designs over. Was, no, he might have brought the designs, but he didn't come up with, like, the BAMF and the teleporting. I understand no as a writer how that's important to you, <laughs> but comics are also a visual medium. Whatever, and if he brings the, over the sketches, listen, I know, but there are the teleporters power. in comics. They're not Nightcrawler until they're drawn. They're, they're weather-controlled people in comics. They're, they're the weather. They're the, it's the weather wizard unless you draw a storm. Unless you have you understand, white hair. No. Yeah. It's just a strong person until it's Colossus. And Dave Cockrum took those three characters from DC. It's amazing. I'm going to be hunted down by Cockrum fans because it's like I'm not giving him enough credit. Len Wein should get some amazing credit, but it is comics. You're a writer, and you're like, oh, it's Len Wein. It's like, I promise you, (laughs) Dave Cockrum designed those characters and brought them to Marvel to be put in the big, giant size X Men because he was burned over at DC. It was doodles, like a guy with like like a shirt that went like that. Look, that is the most writer-specific thing I've ever heard in my life. Just doodles? Just doodles. It's the beginning of all Comic the... Comic ba- book writers are not sufficiently appreciated. Uh, I get that. I feel like... But I you're talking... But Okay, then, become a no- then, be- then they should become novelists. <laughs> By the way, this is coming from somebody who drew comics. I understand. A comic book artist who's excellent will sit down and draw a hundred character designs and costumes, and it means nothing. It's just like it's just their talent to like focus it into the idea of a character like Nightcrawler. I'm, here's the thing. But you know, the Mighty Marvel method was to have the artist run with it and then add the dialogue. That is the Marvel method. The stuff that you're celebrating specifically this was usually not, crafted not, by the artist as a narrative, and not, then the writer came in. Not the character creation, generally speaking. Like, the big idea for a character was something that the writer, and sometimes the artist... I'm also worried by how binary this conversation is. <laughs> how it has to be one way or another instead of a conversation. No, it's funny. It's just fun. Instead of a collaboration, we're like, no, that person specifically had all the input versus this person who had all the input. But, like, again, it Storm is like just I, Weather Wizard until you turn it into the design and the female pictures. This, is, this the, is a great conversation. Except for the doodling. Like, come on. Like, we have to get a Ouija board out and ask Len Wayne himself? But I'd be like, no, Dave came in with these sketches and it triggered me to, like, think of some ideas for the characters. I, I don't know how they did it. I also know, I want to say, that characters like the Silver Surfer were fully written and created by Kirby. So there are many cases where the artist who worked for Marvel came in and said, they fly through the surfboards, he's the Herald of Galactus, his planet was destroyed. This was like a pitch that he, Stanley said, sounds great, let's do it. So this is not to say that artists didn't come up with the characters. But you understand why Jack Kirby would be pissed and walk over to DC and start the whole like New World, but New that, God stuff, because... 
Jim Steranko comes in and they give him the keys of the kingdom and he's like championed. Like if Jack Kirby created Captain America, brought him back and like helped like be maybe the most influential part of the Marvel Universe, I'd be ticked too. Yes, but that's another conversation. Another conversation. I don't want, We're gonna have many I don't want the ghost of Kirby <laughs> and the living Steranko to like grapple in this conversation. You could probably, I, I have assigned Steranko. as before he became problematic on Twitter. But, uh, on what? On Twitter. Oh, dude, did you follow Steranko on Twitter? No. No. Don't follow Steranko on Twitter. It is rough. That being said, you could take him in a fight at this point. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to. His hair is excellent. He's like, he's like so cool. He would headbutt you. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me anything bad about him. I don't need to know it. Okay. okay. Geeks as Burke said, this is a great conversation. This is a future conversation. We'll have future conversations with Burke. You see how we get when we get together. We start nerding out pretty hard. Yeah, pretty hard. That's a good one. That's a good comic book <laughs> argument. That's what Geeks is for. <laughs> By Geekscape is stay with us. We have more from the floor. We have a special guest here in the Geekscape booth, number thirty-nine, nineteen here on the floor. Our very own Josh Jackson. I befriended this man at a GameStop that you were working at in Hollywood. Yeah, so and it was still EB Games at the time. It was EB Games at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. That's how that's how old we are. I think we're we're uh, giving it away a little bit here. <laughs> and we uh, got along. Uh, just checking out the counter, talking video games, and I was like, dude, you should write for this thing called Geekscape, and then he became a podcaster, and he's here checking things out at San Diego Comic-Con, and we were able to squeeze you in with some badges. Derek took off, Derek took off a day early. He wasn't going to use it. We hope he gets Taylor Swift tickets, uh, and now you are Derek. Yeah, I'm Derek for today, so... Just You're trying to make the most of it while he's getting his T-Swift ticket. So. <laughs> or not, but I think it's the way things are going. Yeah, at least he can listen to it outside. Like, one way or another, he'll be able to hear it. Yeah, yeah. he came out of here like a hot rocket, ready to get some Taylor Swift going on back in Vancouver. Uh, but you came down here. You're walking around. You have a badge for at least a day. What have you witnessed? Uh, so far, the first thing we did when we got into town was go to the Sonic Cafe, which was awesome. They had. Did you like our video? Uh, yeah, it's, it was great. Like Anything Sonic and any content Sonic was great, and seeing you guys there made it even better, so that was awesome. Um, I think we ordered one of everything, including the, the sweaters and the shirts. So They were still out of the hats, though, right? Uh, no, they actually had more hats. So. Oh, no! Yeah. The hats, what I would have wanted. The only thing they didn't have was the, um, the one that came with the meal. So. Yeah, that's the hat that I would have wanted. So, but it, you would have to pay seventy dollars to get that hat for free or something like that. Yes, free, quote unquote. But yeah, <laughs> um, but no, that was fun. That took up like half our day, though. The line was insane. Whoa, Heidi and I went in there after dinner last night and just walked in. Oh, really? Yeah, no, we we got there before they opened. We waited like an hour before they opened. I think another like hour and a half or so to actually get in. So the beginning was crazy, but. Um, one of the Sonic comic book artists ended up being there, and anyone who purchased something in the morning got a free autograph. So she did like a sketch for us and an autograph, and we were able to walk away with that. So that was awesome. Well, that's better, too, because I bemoaned the fact that stuff was sold out. But then again, I walked in after dinner. Everything was going to be sold out because you guys who did the did the work waited in line. You earned the autograph. You earned the merch. Like, you guys... You guys are the ones that, that, that did it, and that's what it's for. Uh, what else have you been experiencing after the Sonic experience? Um, after the Sonic thing, we went over to the Dragon Ball stuff. They have the big balloons with like Piccolo and Cell, uh, kind of promoting the movie that came out a year ago. So, um, But yeah, um, we try to do that every year, so they gave away more like giant bags that we grabbed. 
that'll help us with our laundry for the next year <laughs> until they fall apart right in time for the next con season. Um, uh, they had a lot of the new of the figures on display. They had like demos for all their video games, card games, and all of that. So that was fun. And then they gave away the um, the giant hair like headband things. But I have it in the bag right now, so I don't. I'm not That's really it. cool. That's yeah. really funny. Like it's a super sane kind of transformation headband. It has a, the crazy hair on it. Mm, yeah, it's like this. Uh, I think they call it Gohan Beast form, where he has like the giant silver hair now. So starting to run out of colors at this point, but we're getting through it. What else has been going on after that point? So yeah. So after that, we're. At, we haven't done it yet, but we're on our way to the, um, there's some kind of a Tekken installation across the street. So we want to try to do that. Right now we're just kind of walking through the main hall, trying to find what we can what we can find. We're trying to get an exclusive like Inuyasha Funko Pop, but they want you to have like an appointment ahead of time and line up for three more hours. I was like, no, it's not worth it. Get El Chucho to uh, get it for you. In, in fact, he could just make one for us if he wants. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Studio Ghibli has a cat bus you can take photos in. Oh, dude, that's dope. We just walked by the Final Fantasy booth, too, and they have a big statue of Ifrit from the new uh, Final Fantasy 16 that just came out. So, the yeah, I've been seeing it all weekend. And also there's that Titan poster art mm -hmm. that just looks like Thanos poster art. And what's crazy is I'm like, Thanos is known as the Mad Titan in the Marvel Universe. You have a character named Titan, and you kind of took the Thanos poster art, mixed it with the Black Adam art. Mm. What's going on over here, Square Enix? Yeah. Did you see that poster? I didn't, but maybe they feel like they have more leeway because of Kingdom Hearts. Like Disney's not going to come after them. It's like right. It's right there. I've been seeing it all weekend underneath that dragon head. You see him sitting in a throne, and it looks like Thanos mixed with Black Adam, and uh, it says Titan. Do you see it? Uh, it's like right there, and I'm like, dude, Square Enix, get past that. What are y'all doing? Oh yeah. Those people are in front of it. <laughs> all right. That's that's my only minor quibble with the creative agency that handled that. All right. What do you hope to see before you get out of that? You 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 mentioned what you want to get. I don't know if the inner Asha stuff is. I don't know if that Funko Pop is doable. Mm. I see it sitting on the shelf, but they won't let us in. They're just being real strict about it. So throw a rock at it, or wait till closing and go run over and get it. Um, but other than that, uh, have a safe trip. Um, Megan's here. I love seeing that you guys are having fun and can make it. Glad that you guys got in. Um, dude, I love having you as part of Geekscape. Do you want to run the Geekscape uh, video game podcast? Because then they might come out regularly. Okay, sure. <laughs> whatever we whatever we have to do. <laughs> All right, San Diego Comic-Con. We are here with a celebrity, Krista Struck, of our neighbor, Songbird Ocarina. If you've been listening to the Geekscape podcast this week, you've heard our Stitch Together interviews from inside the booth. Many of them have a specific soundtrack, yeah. making you think that maybe we're recording in freaking Hyrule. Because you were hearing ocarinas in the background. That would be our <laughs> neighbors who, I, I like it. And people were saying from the start, are you going to be sick of the ocarina music by Sunday? Well, we've got two and a half hours to go until the close of the floor. And no, I'm not sick of ocarina music. Because uh, Zelda's my favorite franchise. I love ocarina music. Some of it's been coming from this little elf. Krista Struck, she works for Songbird Ocarina, at least here at the floor. Yep. Uh, is this your first Comic-Con, Criss Cross? Yes. And what is your takeaway? Like, what, Give me your impressions on... Uh, we're veterans here at Geekscape. Give us your impression on your first San Diego Comic-Con. My impression? Uh, do you want my tr the truth? Do you want yeah. yeah, we only do the truth here on, on, San Diego, on the Geekscape podcast. Otherwise, I'll cut it, and they'll never hear it. But go for it. 
Very chaotic, very fun, very, uh, a lot going on. Very, <laughs> compared to like other conventions. I'd say, okay, it's really awesome. There's so many companies, it's really cool. You meet like awesome people. And then it's also just very chaotic, very strict compared to some other conventions, but it's all good. What do you mean strict? Like has security been rough with you? Have they come over and like told you that maybe you're out of line with some of your behavior or maybe the, the <laughs> ocarinas need to be turned, toned down? Oh no, that would be us. <laughs> Right? Have you guys gotten security over there to uh, tell you to uh, keep it down, you little flute people? Actually, no. They've only come over and smiled at us and like gave us like uh, like let us cut in line to do things like faster because they just loved us so much. You guys are twice as loud as we are, and we get treated like a bunch of. We've been here 13 years longer than Songbird Ocarina, and we're the ones that are getting like disciplined for our behavior. You understand why I'm upset with you right now? You specifically, right? You understand why I'm upset with you? Not Songbird, not your employer, but you. You just have to, like, play some sweet music for everyone. Sweet chin music is what they're going to get. They keep pushing me. You got that crisscross? You got me hot right now. I'm really pretty mad right now. You know what I could do? I could, oh, there's the sound of the ocarina. It's calming me down. Never mind. <laughs> so listen. Oh, here. She's going to calm us up. No, no, I don't. I, 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 I'll get the takedown notice if you play Zelda music during the, my podcast. Don't do that, please. Please don't do that. As much as I want to go back to uh, the, the Hyrule Meadow. I think your job is very fun because you get to stand there with a microphone. I would love to just stand there with a the microphone and just like talk to everybody if they walk by, and just like. <laughs> Chris, are they paying you to be here at the booth for Songbird? They're hired you to do this, right? Yeah. I think your job sounds very fun because you're getting paid, not paying. You understand the difference here, right? Actually, yeah. I guess I would rather um, be paid to be here than to like pay to to hold the microphone and like. You understand, right? Like I'm paying to to hold the microphone, promote Geekscape <laughs> to a bunch of people who are turning navel gazing Konami, looking around at everywhere but us. And then when I just try to beg them to pay attention to me, <laughs> like my parents, I get disciplined. I'm kidding. I know. We went real. Um, but you get paid. You, is this all you do? Uh, Chris, we're talking about you specifically. Are you just an ocarina artist and that's how you get paid? Or like, what other work do you have? No, I live the L.A. life, so I basically do this. Um, I also am a pet sitter and I also am a software engineer. So I do like three different things. Like, yeah. This is mostly for fun, though. I just have a lot of fun playing at the ocarina and working at conventions. So. And getting paid yeah. while Jonathan's paying. I hear you. Okay, the dog sitting. Pet sitting? Mostly, mostly dogs, right? No, it's like 50-50, like cats and dogs. I watched horses. Horses? What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to pet sit? The weirdest thing I've ever had to pet sit? Like a human who wanted you to like dress, put him in a... Never mind. Uh, you know, don't be that surprised in L.A. Someone <laughs> asking you to do something like that. No, the weirdest animals I guess I watched were like two rabbits and they needed like hay. They were like, oh, here's like bales of hay in this person's apartment. And they're like, put the hay into their like little pens and stuff. That's not so bad. Yeah, I have a friend who has chinchillas. Uh, nice. Nobody's been like, hey, you walk my iguana. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Um, we were talking about podcasts. We're obviously a podcast network here at Geekscape. Uh, and you said, you know what? There's not any really good pet sitting podcasts. Yeah. You went onto a podcatcher and you were like, is there a pet sitting podcast? Yep. Yes, because if you're like doing just like looking at a cat all day, you got to like, you know, keep the brain 
working well. So I like to listen to like educational podcasts. So I was like, oh, look at a pet sitting one to keep me entertained while I'm like hanging out with this cat. Um, you should just get a podcast. But you were actually like, hey, how could I be doing this better? Or I'm looking for some uh, like-minded people who are also sitting here bored out of their minds watching a cat lick itself. Exactly, and I, you know, I should have thought of that. I don't know why I didn't. Matt, to the rescue. Matt uh, Kelly here is the, uh, boy, do I have an offer for you. Matt Kelly here, who's been running the booth, is the also running the Geekscape Network, and he's always looking out for brand new podcasts in a very specific niche because in niches are riches. Krista, do you know that? That's awesome, and actually, I do kind of believe that. That's why we are going to greenlight the Krista Pet Sitting Podcast Extraordinaire right here on the Geekscape booth at Comic Con. Actual name TBD. TBD. <laughs> the actual name will be like Pet Sitting Tales, spelled with a T A I L S. Yes. There you go, Pet Sitting Tales. <laughs> it's a dog cast, not a podcast. Would you host something like that if we asked you to? Yeah. I think it would be kind of fun. Just tell stories about pet sitting. Do we have to pay you? I would like to get money, but, you know. we can That shit ain't going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> maybe it's you interviewing other pet sitters about their pet sitting adventures. Maybe if uh, we keep the names out of it to protect the guilty. Actually, yeah. I think definitely take the names out because it's, like, you know, kind of personal sometimes. So. So here we go. We're doing it right here on the podcast. Matt, it's a podcast. Krista makes a podcast. No, Krista makes the podcast, and she hosts a uh, interview with other pet sitters. I'm guessing they're going to be in a similar demographic of s- some kind of aspiring bohemian life. And <laughs> they uh, sit down with Chris Cross, and they tell her about this, the adventures, misadventures of pet sitting in their in their lives there actually are like bohemian people because there's some people who literally like they don't even pay rent they'll just i know they're pet sitting no but like literally like they just live in other people's houses and like the people pay them to do that like they don't have their own apartment I've seen they're either pet sitters or prisoners there's no way around it <laughs> matt you you got on the subject sometimes matt makes a little extra cash on the side mm-hmm. watching people's dogs as they go to town or whatever they need and that's important but here matt kelly's a prisoner both things can be true, crisscross. He has been a prisoner. Um, I've seen him like he doesn't. He actually sleeps at the booth too, and he wake and he he pretends to get there at six thirty a.m. But really, he just slept there. Listen, I saw Crystal like laying under cardboard boxes the other day, so I don't want her flinging any set of mud at you. This is my boy. Matt Kelly's my boy. All right, he may be chained to the booth, but listen, he's like black sting moaned to the booth. But listen, he's my guy. All right, I don't want to start any of this crap. All right, you hear me, pet sitter. Ocarina flute maker, web designer, crisscross. Hey, Jonathan London. Just name? jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Geeks gave us, we, we do love Krista here. And we actually love the Ocarina music. And we love Songbird Ocarina. And um, we're going to post this and then she's going to get fired. We appreciate <laughs> thanks. We appreciate you like keeping us pepped up all weekend, like telling these hilarious jokes and stuff. Just, yeah, be careful with the. Uh, Tsunami? Yes. Be careful with some of our neighbors. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we'll be back, Geekscapists. All right, Geekscapists, it is the final hour of the final, final day. Final 30 minutes. Final 30 minutes of San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, we just had one of the most wonderful moments here at the Geekscape booth. I saw a little kid. Uh, how old do you think that kid was, Matt? Maybe like three. 
kid was maybe three, a really adorable kid, staring at the TV and kind of wondering, like, what are we all about? And I said, hey, man, how are you? What is your name? And I saw that his father, I believe, was on FaceTime with his mom, who's here with him. And uh, I was like, you have your, I think you have a loved one on FaceTime. Let's do an interview here at the GCA booth. So I interviewed a three-year-old and got a bunch of the Yu-Gi-Oh fans to uh, cheer for him. Because I said, what is your, who's your favorite, what's your favorite thing at Comic-Con? And he said, Spider-Man. And I said, who else loves Spider-Man? We got a lot of people cheering from the Yu-Gi-Oh booth. And uh, they cheered with him. And one, a little girl came over and gave him a pin. And then they hugged. And it was one of the most adorable moments in Geekscape history. <laughs> I'm sorry, Geekscape, uh, you weren't here for that. But it was amazing. Matt, memorable moments this week? I mean, I really have mostly been at this table. So I'm trying to think. I mean, all this stuff in the evening is always great. Hanging out with friends, getting food, laughing. I think, honestly, living vicariously through the other Geekscapists as we get those updates sent to us on the uh, photo cloud thing that we have has been great. Uh, photo circle. Uh, like you said, like you and I were texting earlier, like just seeing the Kate and Marie just like having adventures through San Diego was uh, very heartwarming to, to get to witness in like little bits and pieces. Hey, there's all sorts of friends walking past the booth right now. Uh, the master of classic 3D technology, Eric Curland, is walking past. He had a couple panels, and he's giving me some 3D glasses. He runs the 3D uh, museum. It's called the 3D Space. Is that correct? In Los Angeles. So if you're ever in Los Angeles, look up the 3D Space. It is where you can learn about the history of 3D in motion pictures and television and more. And Eric, we're here on the show. Uh, uh, we're recording. I'm going to put this out on the podcast. Uh, I was talking to Heidi, but I actually want to talk to you for two seconds just to let you know that uh, the wives have been talking. That would be me and Jody. And um, we were thinking we should make a podcast on the network that is the history of 3D or you and your fellow 3D enthusiasts talking about 3D technology, 3D history, 3D in pictures, whatever, because you are the person. When I think 3D, in the history of 3D and everything that involves 3D, it's you. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to, to do something with you. That would be fantastic. All right, well, the wives will keep talking, and we'll connect you with Matt, and let's figure out how to do a podcast, even if it's, like, yeah, maybe if it's a mini-series about a certain, like, period of time or certain technology or movement, or if it's a collection of some of the panels that you talk about because you are, to me, like, the authority on 3D. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, everything 3D going all the way back to the 1800s, the stereoscopes, and Abraham Lincoln sat for 3D portraits during the Civil War. And Are you serious? Oh, yeah. They, see, this is the stuff that we need a podcast for, because Geeks gave us, I had no idea that this was going on. So, Eric, let's connect when you get back to uh, L.A., all right? When I get back to L.A., let's connect this week. All right? Love you, man. Always wonderful to see you. Oh, always great seeing you, and I'm, I'm glad we caught you here before the con ended. Guys, thank you so much. Bye, Jody. Thank you for helping me plot the future of your husband. All right, Geekscape, it's for the first time here at the Geekscape booth as my wife, Miss Heidi Cox. Hey. Uh, Heidi, you don't have to put on the headphones. It's all right. I like you like my dulcet tones? I like hearing, I like hearing it while we're recording. <laughs> so, Heidi, what have you been doing while... Matt and I have been in the booth. What have you enjoyed so far? Some experiences? I mean, if I'm being honest, I really enjoyed napping the first day that I was here. For some reason, I had a headache. So I slept a good bit. 
I think someone else did in our group. But then once I did that the next day, I hung out with our friends, The Roots, and Stephanie, and Ian, and Diallo, and we went to an RPG uh, panel with Jason Charles Miller and Ivan Van Norman and Marquis McCarty where they, they were playing this game that they've just developed that's like based on like rock, like hard, hard like heavy metal characters. Oh my God, that'd be perfect for Andy Rattinger. It's, it's really funny. Like, like they would be like, I've got a four neck guitar and it shreds and, and my cymbal has like spikies on it and I throw it like a frisbee and kill the monster and, and they get feedback like when they roll sometimes. Like, I guess that's the... Yeah, so it's feedback, you know, kind of like if you point the microphone at the speaker. So we did that. That was super fun. Um, I hung out with, I hung out with them quite a bit. And then today, you went and took a picture with me and the cat bus from uh, my neighbor Totoro. <laughs> you worried about how to pronounce my neighbor Totoro? Thank you. Yeah, at the Studio Totoro. Ghibli booth, we went and took a photo in the cat bus because somehow Heidi's become obsessed with the cat bus from my neighbor Totoro, which I haven't shown her. But she likes the way I go, I make the sound of the cat bus. If you've watched My Neighbor Totoro, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I showed her the clip, and she loves the cat bus. So they had it here at the Studio Ghibli booth, and we took a picture in it. And that was that was the highlight of my day today. Um, also, I, I took a picture with Brainy Smurf, because if anyone knows me as a child, I was very much into the Hanna-Barbera Smurfs. I, the new movies and stuff, I have no idea. But and apparently they're creating an RPG game with the Smurfs, but I... I don't even know if I would know anything about those Smurfs, but I thought it was really cool. My friends, um, Jordan Shockey Schwartz and uh, Chrissy Lynn Carpenter, they dressed up as these amazing Masters of the Universe characters with the help of Lauren um, of uh, Castle Corsetry making a lot of their stuff, and they looked amazing. Yeah, I saw. I took pictures of them, and I thought they looked great. Um I didn't want to interrupt, didn't want to take a picture with them, but I saw I caught Chrissy's eye, and she looked and was, like, smiling at me, and I was like, this is great. You guys look exactly like the cartoon to come to life. She told me she saw you, and she was like, wait, come back. She wanted you to come back. She didn't want you to leave, but but I got a photo with them, and it was beautiful because she was Evelyn, and, um, and Jordan was the sorceress, and Jordan looked exactly like the sorceress. Some of the cosplay is just impressive, and anytime I think about, like, like today, I was actually thinking, I was walking, and I was like, I should come as Guybrush Threepwood from the Monkey Island games and celebrate that because I love the Monkey Island games. And I th then I thought about it. I was like, dude, there are so many amazing cosplayers here. The most, the saddest part of the day was I'm sitting here and somebody walks around and one, somebody I have cosplayed as, somebody's dressed as Professor Layton and walks past. And I go, Professor Layton. And he's, he lit up. He got so happy. And he said, dude, you're the first person who recognized me. And I was like, oh, no, I love Professor Layton. And we've got to a place where people don't recognize a very, very clear Professor Layton outfit. There's no way they would recognize me as Guybrush Threepwood. So, like, what would I even do that for? I bet they would. You would make some friends because they would be your people. There was a woman dressed as Nicole Kidman from the... Is it the AMC commercial <laughs> walking across the street? It was so funny. She was being stopped constantly. Um, oh, and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to brag about you a little bit. You did a wonderful job on your panel yesterday with the um, adapting comics to screen. I thought it was really good. And you had, you had a great turnout and really great panelists. Well, thank you. And I didn't mean to yank the mic away from you just that, but I was going to say, like, hey, Geekscape, don't take Heidi's word for it. 
we're, we're going to put that up on the feed. So uh, hang tight. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. In the next couple of days, I'm going to put together uh, an intro and outro for that panel and put it up for you guys. I'll clean it up, the audio, and uh, I'll put it on the feed. So uh, wait for that uh, right here. If you're listening to this, you're going to be listening to that. All right, last words, Heidi, and then uh, we got to finish out this, this con. I was just going to say with all that noise next door from, I don't know if it was a screening or what that was. Felt like they were playing Jurassic Park. Like next door, it was just booming. Um, but I, I, we got some good audio. I listened to it today. We got some good audio of the panel. All right, let's finish up and let's get out of here. Let's go get some dinner. Uh, okay, Matt Kelly. Final words. Shane O'Hare. Final words. Heidi Cox. Final words. The doors are closing. They've said exhibitors. Wrap up and get out of here. Well, we have a couple hours. We're gonna go get some food and then come back. Um, next year takeaways what do you guys think like what what are your final thoughts on sdcc 2023 i'm excited to pitch a chimera project panel for next year i think that'll be amazing and we'll do like another flip the script like we did at la comic-con that's fun because they take a traditional script in that last case i saw that was supernatural and they flipped the genders just to show like how much like females didn't really get it get a lot of words on that show (laughs) um and we'll see what they pick for next year matt your uh, thoughts? Uh, this was probably our most profitable year at the booth, but I think that it will be 10 times more profitable if we make a slight shift in our location like we're hoping to do next year. So my fingers are crossed that we get to get back to some of our friends that we've missed for so long. Uh, I'll tell you that when I just walked over and talked to the Troma people, they were like, we had three empty tables in this row that you guys could have just come over to. Yeah, and Sandy, it, well, nobody would have been able to find us if they find us in the if they look in the book. Not that anybody was looking for Geekscape, but uh, some people were. It's actually kind of cool. But um, I, I I thought that when we asked Lisa, the person in charge of some of the parts of the floor, like what the likelihood is of us moving, and she knows how frustrated I was. That go back and listen to that episode, Geekscape, is where we got in trouble. Uh, she knew how frustrated I was. Uh, with our placement and all that. Um, and she thought it was pretty realistic for us to get a move. So let's go for it next year. Shane, uh, you bought some naughty comics. You bought some pony t- some My Little Pony stuff. Napping. You did napping. some napping. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling tremendous right now. I uh, need a coffee, but it's good. Thanks for the memories, Jonathan. Thanks for the memories, San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, it'll be better, bigger, and better next year. We'll see you back here. All right. Geekscapist, that's it for San Diego Comic-Con 2023. Share this with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast. Share all of our podcasts with your friends if you enjoy them. And uh, stay right here on the feed for that panel we recorded yesterday about adapting comics to TV and film. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.